0: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like...
2: You yell back at your radio.
0: What are you talking about?
2: What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down now he gets an hour all to himself it's sparky's midday madness on the fan
3: with steve sparky pfeiffer
1: welcome in sparky's midday madness on 12 50 a.m the fan on a green and gold monday packers just continue to do what they do and i tweeted out yesterday and some people get getting on me about it, and I, I'm fine with it. Like, y'all get mad at me when I say our teams are going to do well, and I think they're going to do well. And that's okay. And I, I understand it, right? I get it. Y'all think I'm a jinx. Totally understand. And you have a right to say that because I have jinxed quite a few things since I've been on this station since 2005. Y'all are 1,000% correct. Yes, I do tend to jinx things. I'm not going to stop saying what I think necessarily and afraid of some jinx or whatever the case may be. I'm telling you, I think this Packers football team, as it sits right now, is the team to beat in the NFC and probably in the NFL. You're not going to be able to convince me that this team with Bakhtiari, with Jair Alexander, and with Zadarius Smith, if those three guys all come back, there is no way you're going to convince me that somebody else is better than this team right now. Looking around the National Football League, there's just no chance you're going to, you're going to you're going to convince me otherwise. But something did come up that I saw earlier today on uh, the Big Show Twitter account that, to be honest with you, I had not thought about um, at any point. It never really crossed my mind. But Third Coast Cowboy brought it up earlier in the show. And I wanted to explore this tweet with you. During the Wendy's Big Show, uh, prior to Leroy getting in here, I think it was the first hour, Gary and I were having a conversation about this offensive line going forward when Bakhtiari comes back and how it looks, you know, next year, let's say. And the conversation was about moving Yash possibly to right tackle because, as we all know, A salary cap hell is going to hit this team hard next year, and they're going to lose some guys for certain. And, you know, can they keep some guys? Uh, Yeah, they'll probably be able to keep a couple, but they're outside. The only team worse than them is the Saints. That's the only team in a worse cap situation from something that I forgot who put it out there than the Packers. The only one worse than the Packers are the Saints. So they're in a horrible situation. So, again, this is with the assumption that Billy Turner is probably not coming back. So having said that, and knowing Elton Jenkins is not going to be ready to go at the start of next season, see David Bakhtiari this year, left tackle is Bakhtiari, left guard is Runyon, Myers is at center, right guard is Newman, who you just drafted, and then Yash goes to right tackle. That's what we were talking about earlier today. Well, then here comes this tweet from Third Coast Cowboy says, regarding next season's offensive line, that shuffle you two speculated about is short-sighted. The play is trade Aaron Rodgers, trade Bakhtiari pre-draft, then move forward with Yash at left tackle. He's a potential stud on a rookie contract. Free agency, here we come. That is from Third Coast Cowboy. Now, again, I am not Ken Ingles, salary cap expert extraordinaire on Twitter. I am not him. But this is what I do know. You are in a horrible situation from the aspect of, let's say, franchise tagging Devontae Adams. They're pretty much in a situation where they can't franchise tag Devontae Adams because that franchise tag would essentially apply to this cap uh, going forward. So you can't do it necessarily after the new season, the new year begins in March. You have to do it prior to that. So it counts on the cap that you're trying to make work for yourself. So that's not going to happen. They, they can't, it doesn't appear, franchise tag, uh, Devontae Adams. Now, trading Bakhtiari uh, and trading Aaron Rodgers, I think both of those obviously are possible, like Third Coast Cowboy uh, brought up. So the question is this. If the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers decide that they're going to part ways and move on, Do you want them to also move on from Devontae and now, as brought up by Third Coast Cowboy, David Bakhtiari, and essentially free up a ton of money? Now, the only problem with this is, and I have not looked, is what is that dead cap number for David Bakhtiari at the end of the day? Because that is going to play a big piece in all of this, is that dead contract number. And for me, my initial thought to this is, no, I don't want them to move on from Bakhtiari. I'm fine moving on from Devontae Adams if that's what they decide to do because they can't come to an agreement and he doesn't want to play here if Rodgers isn't here, whatever his problem is. That's fine. If, if that's what the deal is, okay, so be it. But otherwise, no. As far as Bakhtiari goes, that is going to be very difficult to move on from uh, as well. Bakhtiari on the books next year at $22.7 million. Cap number, dead cap number, is 39.3. The only way you could move Bakhtiari would be after the 2022 season, after he plays a full season coming off of that injury. At that point, then with two years left on his deal going into his age 32 season, you could then trade Bakhtiari after next season and move on and let Yash be your left tackle going forward, not have to pay him nearly as much money as you pay Bakhtiari, and really free up cap space going into – or during that 2023 season, because then a dad cap number comes from 17.5, a uh, cap hit of 26. So you would save $9 million against the cap uh, by letting Bakhtiari go after the 2022 season. But either way, this all still applies. Because what we're suggesting doing by asking this question is you're really suggesting by leaning on the young players in order to produce around Jordan Love. And to me, it's unthinkable that you would trade a future Hall of Famer. It's further uh, unthinkable to me that three future Hall of Famers are probably all gone within a year of of each other, with Rodgers, Devontae, Adams, and then Bakhtiari plays a year, and then you move on from Bakhtiari. To move on from three essential Hall of Famers over the course of what would probably be about a calendar year seems like lunacy to me. Seems nuts to me. But then if you look at it from the perspective of, okay, if that were to happen, and again, sounds nuts. I'm with you. If that were to happen, how would they how would it look? Well, I'll tell you how it would look. You have Yash at left tackle, you'd have Elton Jenkins still at left guard, the left side would still be good. Your future center is set with Myers. Your right guard is set, it appears, with Newman. He's played much better since the start of the year. Plus, you still have Runyon in this mix to go along with it. And you would still probably need a right tackle unless you wanted to move Jenkins to right tackle or however you wanted to do this. So offensive line-wise, I think they'd be fine. Again, seems crazy. Wide receivers, that's a totally different story. I don't know how you overcome a loss of a Devontae Adams uh, and move forward. I think I have more of an issue... Moving on from Devontae as far as how do you fix it versus moving on from Bakhtiari. Because it feels like they have a guy that you know is a good replacement for David Bakhtiari. Maybe not all pro, but solid and above average probably at left tackle the more he plays in Yash. So I seem to be okay there. The Devontae Adams one I think is kind of uh, is the one that hurts the most. But having said that, my frustration level with the fact that they don't have him signed to an extension uh, is through the roof right now. That This deal should have been done by now. Whether it's him, whether it's the Packers, don't know, don't care, this whole thing should have been done. And that's why I continue to say I think a large part of this issue is the fact that he simply, if he's going to have to play with Jordan Love, then you're going to have to give me every single dollar and cent that I want. Otherwise, I'll go somewhere else, play for less, but play with a a more veteran-proven quarterback that I don't have to learn with. That's why I think this Devontae Adams thing isn't done. Until he says otherwise, that's what this appears to be. Because otherwise, this deal should have been done by now. So the question is, if the Packers and Rodgers decide to move on, knowing now what we do about what this offensive line looks like and has looked like all year without David Bakhtiari, and knowing what this offense looks like when Devontae Adams doesn't play are you willing to move on from the other two as well over the next year? Now, again, Bachar, you cannot move on from next year in 2022, but you can move on and save money, about nine to $10 million in 2023 if you decide to move on from them at that point. Devontae and Rodgers, on the other hand, those two, more than likely, you'd either let Rodgers play one year out and move on, if that's what he wants to do, or you trade Rodgers one way or the other. And Adams, it appears, is essentially going to walk as a free agent. And you'll get a comp pick back for him, and that'll be the extent of that. That's how that will play out if they lose Devontae Adams. Because, again, according to Ken Ingles, it doesn't appear they can franchise tag him. Because the number would be too big, and they'd have to cut even more people in order to make that work. So it doesn't appear that is an uh, an option either, because that's one guy that I wanted to franchise and tag, uh, franchise tag and trade, uh, if he didn't want to be here. And it doesn't appear we can do that either. So what do you think, Packer fans? Where are you at here? The unthinkable, talking about moving on from a David Bakhtiari. Uh, but again, if it means freeing up money and, and continuing on, even though it's not Aaron Rodgers and it's Jordan Love, where are we at? 414 799 1250. 414 799 1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan. I obviously want to hear from you. And again, uh, as we get closer and closer uh, you know, to college bowl season, we get closer and closer to championship games and college football and got all these uh, great pro games going on and basketball games. No matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room and settle down to some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. All right, welcome in. It's Marky's Midday Madness on 12:50 a.m. The fan. If you haven't donated to our toy drive yet, or if you've got toys and you're like, man, where am I going to drop off these toys? Well, no problem. No years past, we've been able to do these shows at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. This year, we're not able to, like last year, COVID and so forth. Um, so uh, we have arranged. Uh, here to have different fire stations uh, as drop-off points uh, for later in the week for all of your toy donations that you guys have purchased uh, your toys with. Uh, So we're dropping all the boxes today and tomorrow, and the boxes, uh, hopefully, uh, will be all ready to go uh, by Wednesday. So you'll have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, and through the weekend, you can drop off those toys as well. They'll all be picked up by Children's on Monday morning. So uh, if you want to have toys dropped off, uh, you can do that through the weekend. Uh, And then, obviously, the online stuff goes through Friday. So all you have to do is go to 1250amthefan.com, courtesy of Blaine's Farm and Fleet. And all you have to do is click on the uh, Toy Drive uh, Donate Today link. And you'll be able to find all the different addresses uh, for later in the week to drop off uh, the toys at the different uh, locations of the fire stations. It's the 15th Annual Toy Drive presented by Annex Wealth Management Uh, through, again, uh, Friday, December 3rd. But, again, you'll be able to drop off toys, like I said, at these fire stations through the weekend. And then Monday morning, uh, they'll be picked up and uh, brought to Robins Nest in Children's, Wisconsin, and we'll be all set. So thanks, uh, again, for everybody having donated online, doing pretty good online right now. Always, obviously, can do better, Uh, always want to do better, especially in light of everything that's happened here over the last uh, week or so uh, with Waukesha and the Christmas Parade and so forth or the Holiday Parade. Uh, and so forth that's going on, and just really want to make this a a big year if we can. So, you know, if you could donate a few bucks, that's great. If you could pick up a small toy, again, no used toys. they all have to be new new toys still in the packaging, the whole deal, uh, that we're going to drop off at these different fire stations. That would be uh, absolutely wonderful, and the people at Children's Wisconsin uh, would greatly, greatly uh, appreciate anything you guys can do to help out, uh, make the holidays better for these kids that are in that hospital. Uh, Okay, so uh, as we're coming out of break, uh, Dan Plucker uh, said we got uh, some news on the Brewers. Uh, so breaking news on the fan part by Odyssey.com Sports presented by BetQL. Become a better sports better, get smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. It's funny because last night on Twitter, I was saying, has anybody, anybody at all seen any type of player linked to the Milwaukee Brewers for free agency anywhere Because, again, this lockout for baseball is expected to start on Wednesday. So has anybody seen anything Brewers-related? Nobody. Not one person can come up with anything. Uh, A lot of responses of, ah, don't worry, you'll find these these cheap retread-type players after it's done, plug them in, and uh, try and win with those guys. And a lot of interns we trust and so forth. Uh, Having said that, Dan Plucker, uh, you've got a Brewer signing possibly. Yes, a Brewer signing. By the way, by the way. This backup catcher that they apparently had, I have not seen an official signing of him at all. To this Pedro
3: Severino, yeah.
1: Not seen anything. So they said he's going to the Brewers. I have not officially seen anything. Now, maybe this won't all go out until after the lockout is done, all these signings. Maybe that's what everybody's waiting for. I don't know. Uh, But just for the record, we have not seen anything on Severino officially. Okay, go ahead. Who do you got?
3: This is from Robert Murray.
1: I like Robert Murray. Yeah, good guy. Where's he at now? He's always somewhere. He's at fan-sided for Uh, a while. Fan-sided, yeah.
3: That's where he is right now, too. All right. Free agent catcher Brett Sullivan, in agreement with the Milwaukee Brewers on a one-year major league contract, according to a source familiar with the situation. Sullivan has played six minor league seasons, has not made his major league debut yet, and uh, will be the Brewers' number three catcher. He can also play the corner infield and outfield. Was in AAA last year. Hit 223 with nine bombs in 90 games. And he did not play in 2020, 2019, and 18. He was in A. How in old is he? Around 270. Like 26? Uh, 20- He's a former 17th round pick, born in 1994. That would put him at 27, 26, 27.
1: So Narvaez has one year left here. Um, and then he's a free agent in 2023. Now again, I I I'm trying to figure out financially how they're gonna make this work. I don't believe myself that you can replace Narvaez's bat with what you've done so far with catcher. Like I don't think that's a thing. So I think you gotta pay Narvaez whatever he ends up getting uh, in arbitration. Then he goes to free agency in 2023 and you probably lose him at that point. So be it. That's how this ends up going. It sounds like to me, this is another one of those roll the dice deals of maybe he can be help us at first base. Maybe he can be a fourth outfielder. Maybe he can be that guy. And obviously it's not going to be for any type of money, right? I mean, there's, there's no type of money involved here. This has to be like a veteran minimum deal or whatever the case may be. So again, Not a signing that's going to probably mean much of anything at the end of the day, uh, but uh, another player. So there you go. Now you got two catchers uh, in free agency for the Milwaukee Brewers that they've been able uh, to get done. Meanwhile, Max Scherzer is signing for over $40 million a year with the New York Mets. Over $40 million a year on a three-year deal. Now, the two first are guaranteed about $89 million, uh, and then the third year is a player opt-out, so he can opt out uh, and go back uh, and hit somebody else for more. And he's not getting any younger by the day. But that's the type of stuff going on right now. I mean, you've got some of these these name pitchers um, that are like a Kevin Gosman that, that are signing or agreeing to terms, maybe not signing officially, but agreeing to terms on some big deals right now. Why? Because of the lockout. And one for the lockout coming, I don't know if all these these deals would be done right now. Guys would be holding out. But not knowing how the CBA is going to be at the end of the day, uh, really uh, – puts an increase um, on the urgency level of these pitchers. Because what happens if there's a hard cap all of a sudden in the new CBA? That will change everything. Now, in my opinion, there should be a hard cap in the new in the new CBA and there should be a basement in the new CBA. I don't know where you're at of that blocker, but for me, I want a basement number that is, I don't know, Maybe the basement number is 65 or 70 million. Maybe that's the basement number. Uh, And then maybe you put a hard salary cap at 175 million, right? Or 165 million, somewhere in that area. Get that number under 200 million per year uh, in baseball and get that bottom number up so you don't have teams with payrolls of like $40 million year in and year out uh, on the bottom. Make them have to move up. I think if you can take 30 or 40 off the top number, whatever that may be at this point, and add 30 or 40 on the bottom number and move it up, I think that's good enough uh, to get that that part of the argument probably taken care of and done. Now, again, uh, this lawyer that they've brought in that's going to represent uh, the uh, Players Association, the Athletic has a piece on, and it appears he's going to be Donald Fear Jr., which, again, um, I-, I can't stand Donald Fear uh, at all not in the least. And now he's with, he's in the NHL players association and has been running that thing for a while. Uh, but yeah, th- that was very, very difficult for Bud Selig and the rest uh, to maneuver with. And if this guy's coming in playing hardball, and it sounds like he is based on that piece in the athletic, uh, th- this could be a, uh, a lockout that goes on for a while. I mean, we're not talking about a lockout uh, that's going to be a month and will be done by, you know, by the first of the year, right? Lockout will start on Wednesday, probably. Uh, i, I I wouldn't be surprised if they missed games this year. I really wouldn't. I, I know there are a lot of people, and we're working on getting John Heyman on for Thursday, our Odyssey MLB insider, uh, or not Thursday, Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Uh, when this whole lockout is supposedly going to start uh, and, and get his thoughts. But the last time we had Heyman on, he was talking about how he thought this thing might be able to get done by spring training, or at least that was the hope. I mean, not the thought. The hope was that maybe they could get this thing done by spring training. You don't you don't miss any games. I have a a bad feeling that they're gonna end up missing games in this thing, based on that piece I read in the art athletics. So we'll have to wait and see how this whole thing goes. But for me, that's that's where my concern comes from. Uh, looking at it from the perspective of a baseball fan. And is it gonna affect me watching games? No, it's not. And I know for some of you, you're going to get mad and say you'll never watch again and so forth, just like you did after the last one. And I, I would imagine a majority of you all came back to baseball. Maybe you didn't come back that next year. Maybe you didn't come back two years after that. But eventually, sports fans all come back to the the, the teams uh, that they love rooting for. So you may be mad at baseball, but if you're a Brewers fan and the Brewers are playing well, you're going to start watching games again. You may not go, but you're going to be watching them on TV or listening to on the, to them on the radio if you're a Packer fan, you may be mad at the NFL if they're in a strike or a lockout, but when the games start back up, you're going to start watching again. Yeah, it just is. We, it, there's a lot of us that are simply addicted to a certain degree to our favorite sports teams, and everybody has their own. Some are addicted to Bucks basketball. Don't miss a tip. Don't miss a minute. Plan their lives around making sure they watch the Bucs games. And that's fine. Brewers, Tim Allen, Colin Postgame Show After Games – That man is addicted to Brewers baseball. 1,000% addicted to his favorite baseball team. And that's cool. There ain't nothing wrong with that. So while many of you will probably get upset over a lockout that will be bound to happen uh, here coming up on Wednesday, let's not overreact and say we're never going to watch games again and screw baseball and so forth because it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, we all know we're going to come back. And really, none of, to be honest with you, the only thing that matters to me as a Brewers fan when this lockout starts on Wednesday is one thing and one thing only. That they get some type of hard cap number on this thing and get the the salary uh, revenue sharing to be more than what it is. You know, Bud Sealy got it going, but it's in small doses. It's it's not enough. I mean, it's nice, but it's not enough still to help the small market teams. They need a bigger slice of the pie, do these smaller markets. Uh, of some of what the New Yorks and Boston's and Chicago Cubs of the world have in order to make this right. If we miss games next season, but the Brewers now have more of a fair shot to compete financially, I'm in. Like, that's totally worth it to me. But if this whole thing goes on for three, four months, and we're no closer to competing with the the the, the big guys than we were before all of this, and it's still a crapshoot and a roll of a dice if you can figure this out uh, and get lucky per se, and catch lightning in a bottle, per se, on a given year, if that's still what this looks like after, then it's a complete waste of the fans' time at the end of the day. It really is. Because the Clevelands of the world, the Milwaukees, these are the markets that that need the help. Yeah, you can draft well, and yeah, you can make trades, and you can go to the playoffs for four straight years like the Brewers have. But imagine if David Stearns had another $50 to $100 million to work with every year. How good would this Brewers team be, Plucker, do you think? If Mark Antonasa said, you know what, next year our payroll is going to be 200 million, how much better do you think this roster would look like if he had 200 million dollars in payroll to work with?
3: Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. I don't even know. Like, but the thing Here's is, there's another every 100 team million, is Mark. Playing with around that, probably then.
1: But, but I mean, think about this though. If, because again, this whole thing of Stern's going to New York, that's kind of what this is, right? If I go to New York, I'm going to have like 200 million dollars to pay with. Look at what they just gave Scherzer. I can't do that in Milwaukee. Like, I I can, if I screw up a draft or two in New York, I can make up with it by p- buying a roster, right? Just being right on guys that I pick up. And if you think about it, how many guys has Sterns really missed on at the major league level of being just dead wrong on? Where you're like, whoo, he woofed on that one. I mean, Urias was a guy that everybody was like, well, he screwed that trade up. That's, that's a horrible trade. And now you look at Urias, and he may be your starting third baseman next year, Plucker. Man, hit over 20 yeah. homers. I mean, this is a guy that everybody thought was a shortstop. Then you get Willie Adams. and you're like, Willie Adamas, it's the same thing as Urias. Willie Adams goes off. Urias gets a chance to play third. He goes off. Again, it's not like Sturds misses at the major league level either.
3: Yeah, I, the only loss with, uh, was uh, Jonathan Scope a couple years back. That was a bad yes, trick. But outside bust. of that, like everybody else – He's traded for in his ten has worked out
1: you know, Escobar really didn't show the power. Eduardo Escobar. Uh, really didn't show the power necessarily that you wanted him to show when he got to Milwaukee. But that was a good signing. I was fine with that. You know, Eduardo Escobar off to a new new destination now. Avi Garcia signs a new deal with the Marlins. I thought for sure that the Marlins were going to have to pay the bad team tax in order to get that done. But I don't think they really did. What's he making? Around $13 million a year, $14 million a year, somewhere in that area? $13 million Escobar? a year. No, Abby Garcia.
3: Oh, yeah, 13.25, yeah. I right. think, a year with the Marlins. I
1: think that's solid. I think during the brewer season, we were talking about he'd probably get 12 to 15 million a year. I mean, that's a good deal for the Marlins. And furthermore, the Marlins are in a Castellanos. So they're trying to get Castellanos too. Meanwhile, the Milwaukee Brewers mm, are sitting here watching. Haven't heard them connected to Castellanos? None of these dudes. You've got guys that are on smaller deals. Peralta, not expensive. Woodruff, nope. Burns, nope. Haters getting a little bit pricey, but still not that of a starter. And part of the reason why you're in this position is because of all the money you paid Yellich, which is similar to all the money you paid Braun. That's why this is very difficult to imagine, for me, how this Brewers team is able to pay one of these pitchers a long-term deal and still have Yelich at his money. And If Scherzer's getting forty plus million dollars a year at his age, what in the world is Corbin Burns going to de- demand? What's he going to get? Thirty? Is that what Burns is going to get? Thirty million dollars a year? Woodruff's going to get what? Twenty to twenty-five million a year? Burns can't compete with that, and that's why if you're the owner of this team, in my mind, and he's done it in the past where he's ponied up the money and went above maybe where he should have went budget wise, but. These next couple of years, these are this is it. You got a couple more years here where this window is open with these three guys. And yes, you've got good pitchers coming behind him, right? Ashby and Ethan Small, and you've got more good pitchers coming. But the two studs that you have, and I don't know if Ashby or Small are Burns or Woodruff, you've only got a couple more years left. The odds of keeping both of these guys long term, unless they agree to some nice type of hometown discount deal, you can get Burns, you know, at twenty million or somewhere in that area. Yeah, you figure out a way to get that done one way or the other. And same with Woodruff. I can get him around 20 or so million. Fine. You try and get it done the best way you can. But by the time they get to free agency, if you don't give them an extension between now and then, that number is going to probably be at least $30 million a year if there's not a salary cap in place at this point. That's the other thing. I, we started talking about Packers. And now I'm off of my, my baseball rant on a green and gold Monday. I apologize. But that's the other thing too, Plucker, I'd like to see. I'd like to see them slot in deals like the NBA has. And again, I doubt this lawyer will ever agree to this. But this max deal type concept where that's the most you're going to get. If you're in the league this long and you've accomplished this much, this is the deal you're going to get. Right? Nobody was going to outpay the Bucs for Giannis. The Bucs had the opportunity to give him the most money. Nobody else. So if it was about money, he could say. If it wasn't and he just wanted to go somewhere else to compete for a championship or whatever, he could have. Right now in baseball, you you aren't given that opportunity. Right now in baseball, it's still the rich will spend and, and succeed. Not all the time, but most of the time. That's something else, again, in my opinion, that needs to be addressed and fixed. So where you start slotting salaries in to say, look, if you're at your home market and you've been in that home market for however many years, then the max you can sign for is this. And maybe it's still more than anybody else. But if you go to, say, the Mets or the Yankees, Or the Cubs, and you're coming from Milwaukee, you can only go for this much. And then it's up to the organization if they want to pay you that much money. If they can't afford it, then you go out there. But then all the teams that are interested in you all are on the same playing field. Nobody can offer you more than somebody else. Now, all these teams have the same leverage. Now it's a true recruiting battle. If you're a player listening to me or a former player, you're like, Sparky, that's a horrible idea. Yeah, it is a horrible idea for the players. But I'm not looking at it from a player standpoint. I'm looking at it from a fan standpoint of trying to figure out how to get this even more balanced than it is currently in Major League Baseball. I think that's something that has to be accomplished with this CBA uh, as it's coming up here. and has to be accomplished in short order, without question. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. The show has been madness. started at Packers, ended up talking about baseball, uh, with the Brewers news, uh, the Dan Plucker had uh, there coming out of the last break. They signed a third-string catcher, uh, and that led to a whole rant about baseball, the lockout, and so forth. So I apologize here on a Green and Gold Monday. Probably should be sticking more to the Green Bay Packers. The question is this: At 12:50 a.m., the fan: If the Packers move on from Rodgers after this year, should they do the same with Bakhtiari and Devonte Adams? Dial it up: four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty four one four 799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan is we broadcast live from the Lakeland university studios leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland dot Sparky Fire for Sparky with you along with Dan Plucker, uh, other side of the glass. And again, this is all going off of a tweet earlier from third coast cowboy, uh, talking about, uh, the fact that maybe they need to move on from Bakhtiari to, uh, Cornelius uh, tweets uh, at 12:50 uh, a.m. The fan. That's an insane idea. I'm not sure they'd want to do that with Jordan Love as their quarterback one, but I do see Aaron Rodgers being traded regardless. Not ask Plucker his thoughts on this yet. So let's ask Dan Plucker his thoughts. Your thoughts on moving on from Adams and Bakhtiari, which I've never considered. And again, you can't do it next year. His the dead cap number is too big. It's almost 50 million. But you could move on from Bakhtiari in 2023, which would allow you a full season of Bakhtiari in 2022 to show that he is fine coming off of uh, his knee injury, Should prove that he's healthy. Hopefully he has a good year, raises his his stock level, and then a dead cap number that essentially saves you $9 million of only $17 million to move on for him in 2023. Adams, Uh, you can't franchise tag too much of a detriment. So you would essentially lose him for only a comp pick. That would be horrendous, but that is a possibility if they can't agree to terms. Uh, And then Rogers, obviously he's the one dictating how all this plays out. Uh, That would have to be a trade uh, and then get as much as you possibly can uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Dan Plucker, your thoughts.
3: As a fan of the Detroit lions. If you have talent, you keep talent. If you have any means necessary to keep the best left tackle in football, you keep the best left tackle in football. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, you keep the best talent in the league if you can pay for it and if you can afford it. Same thing with Devonte Devontae Adams. If you want Jordan Love to come out and look good right away, you're going to protect him with David Bakhtiari, and you're going to give him a weapon like Devontae Adams. That's the way it has to work. You can't just expect him to come in and have these Well, you're not going to have a choice with Devontae. If Devontae other,
1: but if Devontae decides he doesn't want to be here, then he's not going to be here.
3: Right. There's, There's nothing you can, can do about, about that.
1: that. Bakhtiari's under contract. That's different.
3: Yeah, but but there's nothing you can do about that. And even if you are moving on from Rodgers, you should try to keep Devontae. He's the best receiver in football. And if you want a young quarterback to look good, you need to have weapons around him. And they have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but in the receiving room outside of Devontae, like all those other guys are going to be gone too, potentially after this year. You have to remember that as well. And even I think Randall Cobb is the only player under contract next season. Yes, and well, an and and I Amari, Amari Rogers and Amari Rodgers. Thank you, right. but we don't see Amari right right now. So nor we don't should know we. He is right, nor should we, because he he hasn't
1: done much of anything when he's been given the opportunity, whether it be as a wide receiver, whether it be as a punt returner, and so forth. And as I brought up in the first segment of the show, the Devonte Adams one concerns me. I can't even believe I'm saying this because I love David Bakhtiari. But the Devontae Adams one, I think, concerns me more than Bakhtiari would at this point, providing Yash continues to progress. And that offensive line was bonkers good yesterday against the Rams guys. They were out of this world good going in. I just wanted Rodgers to stay upright and not get killed in that game. Von Miller, Floyd, uh, it's unbelievable what you had to deal with. And he was outstanding, was Yash, as was the rest of the offensive line. You were without Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari against one of the better, you know, fronts you're going to face in the National Football League, and the man got sacked one time. I pressured a couple, but nothing horrible. Nothing like he couldn't deal with. Rogers had a game, maybe I wouldn't even worried about it. Like, I wasn't even thinking about my left side. i was just go out there and playing. That speaks to how good these dudes are, and they're all young. They're all really young. So, again, I know, not saying it's not stupid and crazy, but it was brought up by Third Coast Cowboy, about possibly moving on from Bakhtiari, and we didn't get into it on the big show, and I thought about it, the rest of the big show in my brain, like, okay, do I really want to do this as a topic of madness? Is this something we should do? The more I thought about it, the more it, it doesn't seem as crazy to me if you're convinced Yash can be that guy if that's where you think it is. Ben, on the east side, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Ben?
4: Hey, what's going on, Steve? This is uh, Ben on the east side, a.k.a. Third Coast Cowboy. Now, let me just throw this out there, Peck. I
1: did not know you were Third Coast Cowboy.
4: I am Third Coast Cowboy. Oh, no, that makes even more sense. That's good. I the passwords. I like you, Ben. Good. What's up? All right, what's going on? Uh, Listen, everybody, so here's the point. Uh, Plucker makes a good point. First of all, I'm really sorry you're a Detroit Lions fan. That's brutal. Uh and so in in, from his perspective I get you never throw away talent. But here's my point. Not only are you looking at the talent on the field and as a front office, you're always looking down the road. If you don't, then you end up being the Saints. But You have to also evaluate yourselves and what you do well. So far, you'd have to say, I think, fairly, this front office drafts offensive linemen exceptionally well, and having to do it from the back end of the first round and the second round every year is really, uh, to their credit. Now, what they don't do well is draft wide receivers. Amari Rogers, my opinion, is garbage. So I would not let Devontae Adams go because, you know, odds are you're not going to draft high enough to be able to replace him in the next two or three seasons, and on top of that, they're awful at at, – Signing or, or drafting rather wide receivers, but if you let bartiari go, and I'm no Andrew Brandt here, but let's say Rodgers is out, he he wants to go to Denver, whatever. So you go, you can go trade him for a bajillion uh, great draft picks. Then I would find another suitor for Bakhtiari. I work out work the financial side of it. So between the two of them, I mean, Bakhtiari's not going to give you the same returns as Rogers, obviously, but between the two of them, you could be loaded for the next three drafts. So you could be drafting uh, wide receivers, tight ends, uh, you know, hopefully a few more offensive linemen, and then you can really stack that defense and free agency because with Rogers and Bakhtiari's money mostly off your books, suddenly you have some wiggle room. Suddenly you're not, you know, going through a season with uh, a million or less uh, on your cap. So so that's my thinking. It's nothing against Bakhtiari. He probably is still the best pass-blocking left tackle in football. But the fact that you either stumbled on or, or had the foresight to bring in a guy like Yash, and uh, he's shown you that he can play already, and he's just He's just uh, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what he's going to be. I mean, I I think you you have to, like, settle back on that and go, look, we can have a bunch of offensive linemen or rookie contracts or reasonable free agent contracts and be very, very successful. So what would we like to do with Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers' money? I think you dip delve into free agent That's interesting. Kind of like the Rams did.
1: Right. I I got you, Ben. Thanks for the call. Okay, so let's take that to to the next degree. So, Plucker, if if you clear that room off money-wise, right, you clear Bakhtiari – you clear Adams, you clear Rodgers. All three of those guys are cleared off, essentially. Where where are you spending your money? Because right now, Jair, you're going to have to sign long-term. So that's part of your money is going to go to, towards Jair Alexander. That's obviously part of it. Elton Jenkins is going to need a new deal. That's going to be more money will go towards Elton Jenkins. You've already got Kenny Clark under, under contract. Adams, at this point, he's gone. You have no wide receiver worth big money. You have no tight end worth big money at this point. Tanya's coming off injury, so you're not going to pay him a ton of money. Uh, Jones already signed his deal. So, where does that money go? Does the money go towards more outside linebackers, assuming Zadarius and Preston Smith are both gone? Does the money go towards a big time safety uh, to go back there at some point with Savage in place of Amos? Like in my brain, I'm just trying to wrap around okay, if I could have, if I can go get one big money free agent, where am I putting them at this point? I don't know. That sounds crazy, but I, I don't know.
3: Well, the thing is, you would need wide receivers. You need yeah, wide guess. receivers. You probably need tight ends as well. So you'd have to go out and get weapons in those two departments. And I'm even with how well the offensive line played in Sunday's game without Jenkins and Bakhtiari, Crazy. I don't know if I can trust all of those guys in the long term. I'm probably looking to shore up something think on the offensive it. line. Think about it. Ronnie has well. been
1: playing all year. Newman's been playing all year. Turner is probably gone after this year. Myers was playing, so your starting center is not even playing. Your backup center is playing in in Patrick. So really, Yash is the only guy that hasn't played a ton of games, but he's played a handful of games of this year. And outside of that first game, has looked pretty good uh, in, in those games. Wide receiver is an interesting point. So tell me, these Rams, they didn't, I mean, now they got Odell Beckham fine at the end of the day for minimal money. But they didn't go sign a big free agent wide receiver to kind of make this whole thing work out. They got Robert Woods from where? The Bills, I think it was. Um, So, okay, that that was okay money. But that wasn't a game-changing wide receiver. They didn't go get Julio Jones or somebody like that, who, by the way, has been a complete bust for the Titans. They, They didn't make that move. San Francisco, the other part of this trio of coaches, with Shanahan, they've been struggling to have that guy. Debo Samuel, that's a draft pick. I mean, a lot of these... Both of those organizations, both, haven't spent a bunch of money at wide receiver to this point, which tells me, I think, that this team is probably going to go that route with wide receiver. Maybe you get a veteran wide receiver to be a veteran in that room, but I tend to think they're going to continue to draft wide receivers and try and help that that room out with wide receivers and hope that one of those guys hits. Because neither one of those teams have a star like Devontae Adams right now. Neither one of them. But neither one of them also spend money on the wide receiver position. Both of those rosters are have money spent in other positions. And for the Rams, they determined they were spending all their money on defense outside of now the quarterback. That's the only thing that's that's where they're really spending money. Running backs, there's no money spent at running backs. None. Higby at tight end, there's no money spent on Higby at tight end. I mean, Whitworth, he's 100 years old at left tackle. And he played fairly well this year for the most part. But, I mean, for the most part, all that money's on defense. And what Ben is saying is go spend that money on defense similar to the way the Rams did. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out at the end of the day. But never in my life did I think I would even consider moving on from Bakhtiari. But now we bring it up and we have this conversation. Again, you can't do it in 2022. But in 2023, you can. It saves you $9, 10000000 million in cap room. And we'd allow like you to move on if Yash is your guy uh, at that point. Rami Makhlouf is here. We'll talk with Rami coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. All right, welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan Live from the Lincoln University Studios. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Dan Plucker, executive producer other side of the glass. Rami Makloff. Here as well, Rami's show comes up today here at 3 o'clock. Eight minutes uh, for right now, from right now, I should say. What do you got coming up on today's show On the o'clock? show
2: today, is Steve Sparky. Pfeiffer, obviously, greeting gold Monday, talking a lot about the Packers-Rams game yesterday. What was the best thing to come out of that Packers-Rams game is the question that we'll ask off the top. Do you have an answer to that? What was the best thing to come out of that pack? There's a lot of good to come out of that.
1: I don't know, man. Rasheel Douglas is the story to me. Yeah, Rasheel Douglas. That's a good one. I didn't
2: even have him on my list. He wasn't on my list. You're right. You should be giving me uh, the side eye.
1: Yeah, Rasheel Douglas for sure is one. And then, you know, Yash in that offensive line was insane. I did
2: have I did have the offensive line. My
1: around. goal for that game was not win or loss. My goal for that game was simply please, please, please do not let Aaron Rodgers get killed in this get game. Get out alive. That's all I wanted. Right. I didn't want anything else.
2: I was with you. That was all I wanted. I brought up to Gary on Friday. Would you consider not playing Aaron Rodgers in this game? Thank let you. that fractured toe heel up. Yep. Yep, I I said I thought it was crazy when you said that against the Cardinals and it showed why you were crazy cuz they won that game. But I said it I said, you know, with now he's actually injured, you know what I mean? Right. And I, I know there are seating implications in this game, but he is actually injured and I'm not a doctor nor did I consult with Joe Rogan, but I, from what I know fractures heal with rest. And so another week of rest ahead of a bye, it, there's there's a benefit to that to have your, sure. your your franchise quarterback in the backbone of your franchise to to have two good feet down the stretch is, is it's a big deal is a big deal you know what I mean so I think you would you would I I, I said I would consider it if I was Matt Lafleur and the Packers heading into that game but. I mean, I was wrong, too, because they won that game. Now you get the bye. Now he gets to rest a foot, maybe get surgery. Have you heard
1: anything about surgery today yet? I'm not doing surgery. They're going to try and let it rest uh, through the bye week. Rodgers is going to try and let it rest and then kind of go from there, it sounds like. So,
2: yeah. I mean, he played, and he played really well. He played really, really well. So we'll talk about that. Best thing to come out of that Packers-Rams game, hour one, Gary Ellerson, will be here at 345. In the 4 o'clock hour, Pete Doherty is going to be here. Also, want to talk about those, that Rams team. Are they done? Are they out as an NFC contender and, and a threat to the Packers? No? Are they still dangerous? Well, I mean, they got Matt
1: Stafford, so I, I wouldn't, yeah, no. No, I'm not there. on the. I don't think there's anybody he's going to beat this team in the postseason. I've been saying that. Okay. I'm just more convinced of it. You get Jair back and Zadarius back and Jair back. You get all three of those guys back for the playoffs? No. No chance. I mean, unless some other big injury occurs between now and then, that changes my you mind. You mean nobody but... has a chance to knock the Packers off? Yeah, no. They're really? Just, this team is way too good. It's, I mean, it's... they're way too good with backups. Now you're going to add an all-pro corner at some point. Jerry Alexander will be an all-pro corner. Uh, top pass rusher and Zadarius Smith, who you haven't had a majority of the year, and an all-pro left tackle back to what you have already? Please. No. No chance. I don't to be honest with you, I, I think there's a good chance they can win the Super Bowl with what they got now without those three guys coming back. I think they got a good chance. Even without do too. those three. I mean they're with those three. They're eight and
2: three. They're beating the they're beating their prime competition in the three. conference. Nine and three, I'm sorry, beating their prime competition in the conference. So yeah. But well,
1: look at the AFC. The AFC's horrible. Mm. It's horrible. Mm. Your guy Josh Allen, you if I were you today, I'd be on there going, Y'all ready to tell me I was right about Josh Allen? Cause that dude has been exactly like you said that dude was going to be for the last several weeks. Has been. Mm. No running game, mm. all on you, yeah. interceptions. What mm. a mess. Mm. What a complete mess. Yeah. So you can't you can't sell me on Buffalo at this point? Me, Leroy and I were talking about in a break, in Gary, I think. It could be New England and like Cincinnati in the AFC title game at this point. I mean, how crazy is that? New England, man. Belichick, say what you want, but if this dude ends up being a guy that wins multiple Super Bowls now, Mac Jones... They've won what seven straight? Has uh, Maryland won so, seven straight? Something like that. But and again, because he's a defensive mastermind, he'll work with whatever he's got a defensive keep him in the game. Yeah. And just don't lose it. Yeah. All right, so anyways, go. Ahead. So
2: we'll talk about that. Are uh, The Rams, are they Are they still a contender and a threat to the Packers? We'll hear from Matt LaFleur this afternoon. Other Week 12 takeaways. We got some Brewers notes, some Bucks notes, lots to get to today on a Green and Gold Monday on the Rami Show. But can can we talk about what you just brought up during the break? Real told- quick,
1: real quick, before yeah. we do that. Yeah. Because I want to ask you something. I was going to text you last night, but it was kind of late, so I didn't want to wake you up. I was at up. the improv last night. Oh, I could have yeah. texted you that. You could have. How, how did your uh, Copper Comedy Club Great. First show ever go, because so that was good, the man. first time that they've opened for a show. So good. That was, when was that?
2: Saturday night. Okay. Sold out. That's in the, the basement of Dugout 54. 54, they right. New and brand new comedy we They yeah. were doing shows there monthly. Kicked it off on Saturday night. I headlined it, did about 25 minutes, and it was awesome. It really? Was awesome, dude. Such, it was such a fun show. Such a good show. It was a good audience great audience it's a small room it's like 50 yeah. people 40 yeah. 50 people it was probably 40 40 tickets sold and then yeah. you, you know a few stragglers who somehow managed to get in there and hang right. out in the back of the room so probably about 50 people in the room altogether. yep um and it was sold out Nice small bar it was it was great yeah. it was great it was great that's awesome good all right so well, kudos to, to the people who put that on dave at dugout yeah. 54 brandon wine my, my comedian buddy who sort of Arranged the whole thing, yep. produced the whole show, booked all the comedians. It was it was so fun, dude. That's so awesome. Fun. Thanks good. to everybody. So had
1: another another comedy club on the scene you'll be hearing about. It was all right. really really good. Go ahead. What do you want to talk about? Uh, did you say to me during the break, and then I
2: said stop talking that yeah. you got another full size Christmas tree?
1: Yeah, gold and white. Gold uh, half of its gold branches, half of its white branches. I've never seen a tree like it in my life. I Googled it trying to find the tree to see if I got a good deal or not. Right, because it was twenty five percent off, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how big the tree is. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, I never even asked how tall it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, it fits in the basement where I'm putting it in my in our finished little room in the basement. Because that's where we're putting it. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, got it for under a hundred bucks. I was you pretty, said pretty it's golden white, golden white Christmas you tree. You can Google that's your heart's content. You're never gonna find it. <laughs> I've been looking for this tree online since we got it on Saturday. I can't find it anywhere.
2: Um, I just found it. <laughs> no,
1: you did You're a liar. You did I swear not. I did. does not
2: I exist. swear I did. Seven and a half foot, pre-lit, snowy, golden white Christmas tree. You can get it at Kohl's. Where'd you get yours?
1: Uh, something True Value in uh, Westfield, Wisconsin. i trying to pull
2: up a picture of it right now to see if that's Rami, what you're talking they about. They
1: didn't even have the box it came in. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I got to go back to Oak Creek. So how am I going to get it back from Westfield, Wisconsin, back to Oak Creek? It's not going to fit in the Chrysler 300. Is this, is this in uh no. No. Okay. No, there's green in there. Okay. This is just gold and white. There are no green branches. I mean A so, it, Again, it's amazing. It sounds tacky. So yeah. And B, do you need did you need another Christmas tree?
2: No! What are you doing? But I saw it. I I, I went to Kaggle. Where do y'all even walk and sleep in this house with all the Christmas trees that you have now? I feel like I feel like this is an oh. episode of Hoarders: Mm-mm. Colon Christmas Tree. You ever see Lottery Dream Home? <laughs> like, lottery Dream Home on HGTV. Like a
1: special Christmas <laughs> yeah, edition yeah, yeah, of yeah, Hoarders. Yeah. You know you ever what I mean? See lottery Lottery uh, Dream Home on HGTV. No, Dave. No. I can't think no, of his name. No. Got he's got, time time he's got to watch all that tattoos, or whatever else. Yeah, I don't have. Anyway, so, time anyways, for so that. he does that show. So he did a special. One hour show on this new house that he bought and Uh is having his family over for Christmas Mm -hmm. in Orlando. Dude's got count them 50 trees. But how big is his house? I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 square feet. How many square feet is your place? No offense, it's a nice place. No idea. Mm -hmm. Thousand, Mm -hmm. if that, Mm -hmm.
0: probably less than that,
1: right? Yeah, but dude. This this isn't like this guy's got Christmas trees they in probably, all of his rooms. This guy just has it on the first floor. He had like 15 to 20 trees well, in one room. He's tacky and overdoing it. Doesn't mean you have to be tacky and overdoing it. Oh no, those are goals now. Those are goals. <laughs> those are goals. Goals. No, yes, no. those are goals. Life nice. goals. Life goals. There are two things. I, I There's one thing I really want before I'm done. Uh-huh. One thing before I'm done in this thing, whole th- uh-huh. this thing they call life. Uh-huh. I want to live in a house where I have vaulted ceilings to where I can have a 12-foot tree. You know... That's I, what I would like. I, when I lived in Minneapolis. I know I, I know I told I had, you. I
2: had vaulted ceilings. I, I told you, And I was going to buy yep. I I think I found a, a 10 and a half foot Christmas tree. Oh, so it's awesome. gorgeous. It's yep. beautiful. But I wonder
1: be, I had to get on a ladder to go up to the top to do all that. But it was That's, it was a fake like. it was a fake one. All you know what I mean? Fake. So it was going to yeah. be yeah,
2: right. So it was going to be used year after year and right. I was like, I, what if I don't live here in a year or two right. years from now, and I have like regular ceilings, and then it's going to look like the National Lampoon Christmas Vacation oh, then you Tree that's like bent yeah. over at the top. You got a to- sell it then. Yeah, right. but I was like, no, be reasonable, be smart, be logical, buy a seven and a half foot Christmas tree, right. and then it's good no Perfect. matter where you yeah, live. Yeah, we have
1: eight foot ceilings. Right, right.
2: That's what I got too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, standard ceiling height. There you go. What are you doing? <sighs> Loving Christmas. I mean, I love Christmas too, and you know, now, now, I'm, now, now I'm fully in the spirit. I already watched Christmas movies. I already watched a Christmas movie. Do you want to tell everybody why? Huh? What do you mean? Because Thanksgiving is over. That's why. Yes. You sure? Yes. You don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I'm, I don't, I'm against. Not sure. I, I totally buy I, that, but we'll get, go with it on the radio. I get what you're getting at. That, yeah, that absolutely has everything to I'm do with it. I'm certainly more in the Christmas spirit <laughs> yeah, than yeah. others. Okay, yeah. but I'm just saying, uh, like, I I, 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 begrudge people who start Christmas before Thanksgiving even right. comes around, like with the decorations, and yeah. the commercials, and the carols yes. and all that. We have not but, put our outdoor decorations up at all yet. But so now I'm all about it. Now Good. I'm all about it. Put up all all your decorations, sing your carols, TV shows. Donate to the toy drive. Donate to the toy drive at 1250amthefan.com. Now it's the Christmas season. Now I'm all about it. Let's go.
1: Good. All right. I got to go. I'm Holly and Jolly, dude. Holly and Jolly. Yeah. Yeah, you are. I heard you yelling Merry Christmas the other night. I'm not sure it was about the actual holiday, though. Back after this with the the Rami Show. Next. Don't go anywhere. Toodles.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.